Hey everyone, welcome to City Church OTR's Sermons Podcast. Here you will find all of the sermons and teachings that are given at our Sunday services. We also have our original City Church OTR podcast, which has more conversations, interviews, and more interactive content. As always, we would love to meet you. Check out our Instagram to see what we're doing this week and our website, citychurchotr.com, to meet one of our pastors. Enjoy. Uh, there's this American uh, professor of political science that says um, there's two industries in the entire world that uh, call their customers users. It's the illegal drug industry and it's software. Daniel Hoverman says if you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. Silicon Valley executives are paying incredible amounts of money to send their kids to a digitally free school. The New York Times says that we, my generation, is an easily distracted generation with short attention spans. That was written in 2012, so I think we've gotten much better since then. Uh, Sean Parker, who uh, Gen Xers, he started Napster. Millennials, Justin Timberlake played him in a movie. But Sean Parker, uh, so he's this uh, founder of Facebook, one of the founders, is a conscientious objector now to social media and says, it's exactly the kind of thing that a hacker like myself would come up with because you're exploiting a vulnerability in human psychology. The average iPhone user touches their phone 2,617 times every day. Aldous Huxley, he uh, wrote a really famous book called The Brave New World in the 1930s. He said, uh, and he's talking about a future dystopia of distraction. He said, ruling classes, 1930s, ruling classes would learn that control of a populace could not be achieved, or could be achieved not only by explicit use of force, but also with the more covert method of drowning the masses and an endless supply of pleasurable diversions. That was in 1930, so he totally missed on that one. Way off. There's no command in the Bible about social media or technology. We're not going to accuse Apple of being the beast in Revelation. That's just probably not true. Um, but the Bible does talk a lot about wisdom, and so that's what we're in. We're, he talk, it talks a lot about uh, how we use our time, which is week one. Tyler talked about that. How to use our money. We talked about that last week. And this week, I want to talk not about social media or media in general, but I want to talk more about how do we use our attention. How do we use the attention? Because we all have a finite amount of attention, and so where do we want to focus that on? Because the big idea this morning is that we become like what we give our attention to. We become like the thing that we give our attention to. And at the end of all of this, so in like 90 minutes when I wrap up, (laughs) thank you. At the end of all of this, I would love to have uh, some of us say, okay, I'm going to make some limits, I'm going to put some filters, I'm going to delete that thing. Those are all really good goals, but it's secondary to the big goal of I want us to ask the question, where is our attention going towards? And is our attention absolutely and 100% fixed on Jesus? Are we so laser-focused on living with the presence of God? Are we experiencing daily, regularly, the attention of a loving Father who just is crazy about us? That's the, I mean, that's the big idea, because we can come down with some rules on what we should and shouldn't do, and those are good, and that's going to be secondary. But the big idea this morning is where is our attention going towards? And is there anything that we need to maybe limit or get rid of so that our attention is on the main thing? Uh, One of my favorite pastors, actually probably my favorite pastor, Tyler Trunesky, says that uh, John, 
Uh, John is Jesus' best friend, uh, which that's true. That's not like just his opinion. <laughs> Jesus' best friend, and he writes a, a good amount of the New Testament, uh, one of which is the Gospel of John, but he also writes a few years later uh, a letter called 1 John. And in the Gospel of John, you've probably heard this because of Tim Tebow, but for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And John there, we believe, is quoting Jesus that God so loved the world. But then years later, in 1 John, he says, do not love the world or anything in the world. And so this idea of what's John talking about and how are we supposed to love the world but also to hate it is John and uh, Jesus in the Gospel of John is talking about the people of the world, God's crowning creation, for God so loved that thing. God so loved the crowning creation of uh, himself that he gave his son. But in 1 John, the implication here is that there's a competing value system than what God's already set up. There's a value system that we'll just, he's listing it as the world, in Greek it's cosmos, but there's a competing value system for our attention that John says, no, 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 don't be a part of that. You can be in it, like Alexa said, but don't be a part of that. I want you to hate that value system because you're so focused on this other one. And this is in your notes, the more that we love one of the worlds, the harder it is to love the other. The more that we love one world, the harder it is to love the other. And first of all, that's a good word. I should have gotten like at least an amen there. That's a good word. The more you love one of the worlds, the harder it is to love the other. But, and I, I wrote that, that's like mine. And as I wrote it, I'm like, that's so true. And I started to feel the shame of if I love the value system, then it's harder for me to love God and love people. But actually, guys, the opposite is true too. The more that we fall in love with God and with his creation, people, actually the harder it is to love the value system that the world's putting in front of us. And that's really exciting. I'm tired of being sucked into like cycles of like downward trajectory. It's possible that as we turn our attention towards God and towards loving his people, it does become a little bit harder to love the things that are not of God. And so this morning, I want to go like three big areas. We're going to move quick, but I want to talk about technology, social media, and then the last one, I'm going to call it the gray area. I know, it's exciting. So number one, you guys are just riveted right now. Number one, I want to talk about technology, specifically this idea around like television. And, and there's an unspoken rule if you've ever like given a presentation, if maybe you've ever preached somewhere, unspoken rule among like presenters that you struggle with the thing that you're going to be speaking on that week, like every time. And uh, that's why I think prosperity gospel guys, like they're not dumb. They just talk about money every week and all of a sudden they have lots of money. They're wrong but they're not dumb. And so what you talk about that week is often the thing that like gets kind of put in front of you. And, uh, and Catherine's been out of town this week. So I've had like full reign on the television. And guys, I just can't stop watching. You guys probably all watch this show too. I just can't stop watching SEAL Team. I, I know you guys all watch it, right? Actually, Josh made me watch Survivor a few months ago. And the best thing that came out of that, it was a good show. The best thing that came out of that is a commercial about SEALs, Navy SEALs. It's like, that's my dream job if I was 10 years and 10 inches taller. My dream job is a Navy SEAL, and I had no idea there was a show about it, and I am absolutely obsessed. And it's not a complete waste of time. I've learned some really cool things, like, look how cool this looks. I, I, I could be a Navy SEAL, or at least I can do the signals of it now. I'm so obsessed with Jason Hayes and his team and Bravo team and what's gonna happen next. I'm watching, I, this is my confession. Thanks, Usher. This is my confession. 
I've watched so much television in the last week, or I've been tempted to watch so much of this show because I'm just so fixated. And so I'm not coming at this from any kind of like high place. I, uh, I'm just really dealing with it. And it's so hard because they make it to be something that you're supposed to just get sucked into. So I want to read. I don't think it's sinful that I'm watching SEAL Team. It's probably like moving into wrong if I'm watching a lot of it. So 1 Corinthians 10, 23, you've probably heard this verse if you've been around church. This is about the best passage I can think of for technology, social media, anything like that. Paul says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. So there's so many things, and almost everything we talk about today actually is not wrong. It's just wrong in certain circumstances, or at the least, it's probably not super beneficial. And I love what, um, and I learned this in the last couple of years, I love what the Amish do. Um, I had a total, like, totally wrong misconception about the Amish. I, uh, so I, I've been working as like a project manager in construction uh, for the last few years, and our best workers, like the ones that turn out the highest quality for the best price, are the Amish. And what confused me, or where I was just wrong about this, and maybe I was the only one, was they don't hate all technology. Like they would roll up in a a big van, but somebody else would be driving them there. So somebody else was driving the van because they don't use cars. But then they'd like power up the chainsaw and they'd get the electric saw and the, the nail gun and all. I mean, they'd get all these like tools that actually used a motor or used electricity. And so I didn't know this, and this is hilarious. They have totally duped us. But the Amish, uh, as kind of a rule of thumb, is as a new piece of technology comes out, what they do is they just watch. And they watch us. And at the end of watching us, they get together as a community, and they say, okay, do we think this piece of technology is going to increase our love for God and going to provide more peace in our soul internally? They use us as getting, like, no, but did anybody know that? They use, they're using us. I can't even imagine being in the room when they saw the smartphone. <laughs> there, ha- there couldn't have been a discussion. They're like, there is no way we're using that. They got rid of cars, because, or they didn't want to use cars because it was going to spread out the family too much. It was going to make it harder to have true community, and it was going to make them consumeristic. So again, they were totally wrong about that. They're <laughs> not true. So the Amish have something that I want to start implementing a little bit more in my life, is I want to look at a piece of technology and I want to say, okay, is that useful for me? Is that going to increase my love for God? Is it going to increase the peace that I have in my soul? And I want to just pause. And you don't have to do it. Almost nothing I say today is like the letter of like God and what he said. So much of this is like, here's what we're reading. You should pray and ask the Lord what's right for you. But I learned that like, man, Maybe progress isn't always the way that we should go. Maybe progress sometimes is just regression with an agenda. Maybe not every piece of new technology is something that I absolutely have to have. So there's technology, and there's television, and then there is social media. And uh, and I'm so glad. This is great. This one was the hard uh, part for me to write, and uh, because I just hate social media, and I, if we could blow it up, I would just do it, and that's not the right approach. Like, I know that some people find real value from it. Some people like actually there's good things that come from it. I love that story that Alexa just told. So I'm really thankful we've had a couple competing views. But social media um, is something that obviously sucks us in so much and gives so much or takes so much of our time away. 
Um, and this is in your notes. I want you to answer this question. The average person alive today will look at their phone an average of 11 blank, 11 minutes a day, 11 months, or 11 years. When do you think? Somebody yell something out. It's years, guys. 11 years. Like, ele like that is 3.4 hours every day, and that does not include television. The average person alive today that will have had a lifetime like with technology will look at their phone for 11 years. That's insane. So obviously that one of the big things that draws us to our phone is social media. So social media does take away some of our time. We also know this, I'm not the expert in it, I'll hit this quickly, but we know that comparison is like a big thing on social media that we've seen, statistically at least we've seen, not like my opinion, as the use for social media goes up, we just know that depression, anxiety, and suicide rates go up as well, like in step with those. So it takes some of our time, it increases our comparison, it also kind of promotes this pride that's within us, or we've got to put forth the best thing, or if you do something good, you've got to put it on social media. I mean, you feel that pressure, right? Or maybe I should do something good so that I can post about it on social media. Maybe that's just me. And there's this thing where we feel like we've got to increase our status exterior and we don't actually do any work on the interior. And I was listening to uh, Rick Warren, if you guys know him, he's a big like pastor in, uh, he's a big church, not a big pastor. Well, he's pretty big. Uh, <laughs> cut this out of the video, <laughs> in case he ever watches my sermon. He, I was listening to him a couple years ago talk about social media, <laughs> and uh, he was talking about this, and he's like, you know what, I, uh, he's like, and he said this in a humble way, I hope this translates, but he said, I've prayed with every president since I've been an adult. Like, I've gathered with them in the White House. I've gotten to pray for them. I've gotten to counsel them. And he said, I've never put it on social media. He said, I don't need to put on social media that I get to be with these people. And, uh, and I don't need to put out there because it would just be building up my own ego. And, uh, and that's not just Rick Warren. I want you guys to know, uh, in the most humble way possible, I haven't either. You'll never find a picture of me praying with a president online. <laughs> And I'm, try I'm trying to not brag, and maybe it's because they don't exist, but maybe they do exist, and I just haven't put them out there. But I love what he said, because he actually has. He's prayed with all these presidents, he's done all these important things, and he said, I don't need to put it out there, because honestly, that would just be building up my pride. So there's time, there's comparison, there's pride, and it teaches us to be distracted. Have you, um, have you ever been in a conversation with someone that... Actually, hey, bro, preaching right now, uh, kind of lame, should be done soon. Uh, yeah, I'll be there, just save me a seat. I'm sorry, what were you saying? We've been there, we've been there. We've all been in conversations where you've gotten distracted, you've been with someone that is distracted, and then you feel like your time is worth nothing. So there's time, there's comparison, there's distraction, and there's, and this should matter a lot to this church because these are some of the most creative people I've ever been around, but it actually takes away from creativity. Uh, I have a younger brother. He's three years younger than me, and he's just a little bit weird. Uh, he, for the, for the beginning of his life, he's never let his food touch each other. Like, we've always had to have dividing plates, 
uh, when he was in, uh, when he turned 16, he decided, I'm not going to use windshield wipers because I want to train my eyes to see better. <laughs> uh, when he was in elementary school, he went to the doctor because his heart rate was low. This actually is not his fault. This is just hilarious. He went to the doctor because his heart rate was low, and obviously the doctor reported back that he was fine to my parents, but my dad and I, and my mom took no part in this, but my dad and I told him, Johnny, you, uh, you have a low heart rate because you have the heart of a Kenyan marathon runner. And the doctor said he's never seen any heart like this, and he said, if you work really hard, you can get your heart rate down to one beat per minute. <laughs> So he's in elementary school, and he goes around for two weeks, and he starts telling people that his heart rate's super low. He's going to get it down to one beat per minute. And I'm not joking about this. This was all our fault. This was on him. But if you caught, if you, like, made eye contact with him in those two weeks, you made eye contact with him in the house, he'd go, anybody, that's my power beat. He was getting down to one beat per minute. So a little bit weird, but one of the weirdest things I've ever learned that my brother does is a couple years ago before, as we were trying to buy a house in Cincinnati, Catherine and I lived with him and his wife, Emily, and I found out that he does this thing called thinking time, where he just sits and thinks. And it's not like a quiet time. It's not like that's something separate. It's not him working on anything. He doesn't have his phone. He sits and he just thinks, and I made fun of him so Hard. Like, I probably should repeat. It was, there were so many jokes because I just thought it was so weird. Like, he scheduled time or he sat, uh, set aside time to just think. And then the reports started to come out. And the books started, I started to read certain books and I started to listen to podcasts where they said that creativity and innovation are going down because we never have time to just sit and think anymore. That every time we're in line, like, uh, getting a coffee or we're waiting on something, we immediately are right here. And they started to say the reason creativity is on, on a downward spiral and same with innovation is because no one just sits and thinks anymore. And uh, so it turns out maybe my brother isn't so weird. He also has 2010 vision without any correction. Is it because of the windshield wipers? I don't know. He's in crazy good shape. Like, and despite his really stupid diet, he is taller, stronger, and skinnier than I am. So uh, that's why I left Indiana. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> but I, uh, I can't help but think, as I look at his life, and he's started this business that's been incredibly successful. He's got a great marriage. He's an incredible dad. I can't help but think the reason for all those things is because I was his older brother, and he got to live with me growing up. <laughs> but if it's not that, it could have something to do with the margin that he sets up, where he just sets up time in his life, and I want to be more like him in this way, where he just thinks. And, uh, and maybe if you do that, don't call it thinking time because it's just, well, it's poorly branded. But I'm looking at his life, and he's doing so, so well, and it could be because he's actually said, I'm going to say no to that, and I'm going to say yes to margin. I'm going to invest in myself. So there's time, there's comparison, there's pride, there's lack of creativity. And then the last one, we got to talk about the fighting. Social media causes fighting. And uh, in Matthew 12, verse 36, it says, But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on that day of judgment for every empty word that they have. And if it's in your notes, you can write down the NIV says that they have spoken. And the last thing I want to be is a heretic. But if you want, you can put slash posted. 
Because not a whole lot of us are like real bold with what we say, but man, I'm not talking about you in here, it's just all of them out there. We're so bold with what we post. And at some point, we're going to have to give an account for every empty word that we have spoken, and I'm going to say that it counts for what we've posted as well. And not only that, but the internet is keeping track of everything you've said. It's permanent, it's global, it's searchable. Your future employer is probably going to look at it. So there's all those reasons, but I'm putting my stock in, oh man, that's true. I will have to stand before Jesus, and I'll have to give an account on all the things that I've said. And, uh, and here is where I'm going to share, that's the Bible verse. I'm going to share what I do, and it is not the standard for you. But about seven, eight, maybe it was 10 years ago, I determined, and I don't remember why, because I don't know what we were fighting about 10 years ago, but I determined that I will never have a digital fight. I will never get in any kind of argument digitally. And, and you can check my social media. No pictures of presidents and me. No fighting. Not even in somebody else's comments or somebody else's posts. And the reason that is is because I made the rule. Otherwise, there's been countless times where I've thought, you know, I could probably just nicely correct them. Or I could probably post that and it would be fine. But I've determined, and this is just me, because I've missed out on some opportunities and maybe you're not willing to give up those opportunities and that's fine. I've determined I will not be in a fight digitally. I will only fight with you in person. <laughs> but I will not get in a fight on the internet. And, and that's just me. But here's the big thing I, I would love for us to remember, because I think that this is true, is that we, as especially like younger people, we should not confuse activity with advocacy. Another good word. Deserved an amen. That's okay. We should not confuse activity with advocacy. And so at the end of a long day, that you've been so active online, you've been so active posting and reposting and correcting. At the end of that, I don't, and that's not wrong. I mean, seriously, your tone is everything and there's no way I can like lay down the law of what's right and what's wrong. But the, at the end of a long day of posting, without any like true physical advocacy, there is most likely just as many orphans in the world. The wealth gap is still the same distance. No white supremacist probably changed their mind. No homeless person has now found a home. Abortions were not prevented. Clean water was not delivered to that village. And no extra women were taken out of trafficking. And again, we should be active online. I'm choosing to be a certain kind of active, just not fighting. We should be active, but do not replace that with true, actual advocacy. And if you have to choose one, I implore you to choose advocacy. But we can't be people that just say, okay, I've posted something online, and real change happens online, so I don't want to discount that. But I can't just be someone that does it on there so I don't have to actually get my hands dirty and deal with it in here. Um, I know my generation, people below me, uh, we think that the older generation at times has just left us a bunch of problems. And, uh, and maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. But I, the, this is what I've experienced or what I've seen. As, as we've been outraged um, the last few years, I'm watching them be the ones, and stats would back this up, that are writing the checks. As we're really offended, they're the ones that are adopting the kids. As we're serving justice online, they're the ones that are usually actually serving in the soup kitchen. And, uh, and so I... They have their own issues, right? You guys, if you're in that older generation, older than me, I'm 25. Uh, 
you have your issues, but man, we can't just say, okay, that was them and we're going to fix everything because we're not doing everything incredibly well either. And, uh, and it's time, I think at, at times, I think it would serve us well to not just be online, but also getting our hands dirty. It's uh, getting hot in here. So <laughs> number three, we haven't gotten to the good stuff yet. Number three, the gray area. We become what we give our attention to, and if there was anything that I was feeling fiery about this week, it actually wasn't just that, it's this. Psalm 101, verse 3, says, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. And, and I am a context, cultural, historical junkie when it comes to the Bible. Nothing there. There's nothing that we can really learn from there, which begs the question, what was he talking about and what is worthless to me? You should be asking, what is worthless to you? Because there doesn't seem to be like an actual, real, firm thing. So what is worthless to you? So if you struggle to sleep and you're having nightmares, scary movies would probably be that like worthless thing to you. If you're struggling with and engaging in like the hookup culture here in Cincinnati, watching Siesta Key and Big Brother and Jersey Shore probably would be considered like worthless to you. If you are like really prone towards violence and anger or you like have issues there, you don't like that kind of stuff, I hate to say it, but SEAL Team is probably worthless to you. If, uh, if you're like longing and maybe even like borderline idolizing being married, my mom's going to kill me for this, but the Hallmark Channel might actually be worthless to you. And from what I know, quick take, hot take, so everybody can hate me, I don't know why anybody would be watching Game of Thrones from what I know about it, but that's just me. I digress. Luke 11.34 says, Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light, but when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Who said that? That was Jesus. Jesus seems to think what happens here doesn't just stay here. He seems to think that what happens here actually pervades the rest of the body. Paul goes further, 1 Corinthians 6, 18. He says, flee from sexual immorality. Now, most of the Bible, when it talks about sin, it's saying like resist, hold off, avoid. But almost every time sexual immorality is brought up in the Bible, it says, no, 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 don't resist that. Just flee. Like, just run from it. And we've got to talk just briefly. I'm so sorry. We've got to talk a little bit about pornography. Pornography is not just a men's game. Did you guys know that? It's like talked about in that way. It's not just a men's game. One in three viewers of pornography are women. Every second, $3,000 is being spent on pornography. Every second. One in three downloads on the entire internet are pornography. Teen pregnancy goes up when pornography use goes up. Depression goes up when pornography use goes up. Infidelity increases by 300% in marriages where there is pornography. Two out of three divorces are said to have been caused by some kind of like online meetup. Now fleeing can mean so many different things for us. And fleeing should be defined specifically with what you deal with and what you struggle with and talk to a trusted friend and talk to the Lord. But for me, this is me. I, uh, I have chosen, because you know, these, this is what I feel like I have to deal with, I've just chosen to have zero unfiltered internet in my life. I've had no unfiltered internet for, I don't know, 10 years now. So everything that I look at on a phone, iPad, laptop, there's like 
Uh, and the technology is really good on this. I used to have like a really clunky app and it was so annoying, but it was worth it. Now I don't even know. But everything that I ever do for the last 10 years gets sent to a couple people. And, uh, and I mean, whatever they determine to flag, that's on them, but it's cheap, it's really good. I've chosen and encourage anybody, there's just no point. There's just no point. And uh, we could probably use a funny story at this time. So I, and this is not gossip because I'm not gonna say his name, but my report goes to a couple people, but also I get his report, a couple different guys' reports. And, and one of the big ways that I keep up on like trashy celebrity gossip is because this guy is just obsessed with it. Like this, and, it, and I don't know why the website, it's clean. I don't know why the website flags all this like Kardashian's doing that, Katy Perry's doing that, but it's, the, it's literally the way that I keep up with what's going on in the world. And again, it's not gossip, I'm not gonna tell you who it is. He's like some tall skinny co-pastor at a new church, but uh, <laughs> you wouldn't know him. It's true. I don't know why they care so much about Katy Perry on those things, but man, I just, I know what she's doing because of those reports. So to that person, thank you for keeping me up to date. In the things that we look at, there is so, I mean, there's grace. There's so much grace in everything that we do. That is like the core foundation of the gospel. But man, it seems like the church takes quite a lot of freedom in these things. We like really get firm on certain issues, right? And we've got so much integrity and morals. And then in the things that we watch, we're like, well, that's probably not a sin. Or we get as close to the line of what's wrong for us as possible. We get so close to crossing over, but the, there's so much freedom in that area. And here's my big thing. Where else in the world is getting that close reasonable? Let's, let's do an experiment tomorrow. I want you to go to your employer, and I want you to say to your boss, guys, crazy story. Last week, I was so close to stealing from you guys. Seriously, I was like, I almost stole a bunch of money. I didn't do it, but like, I was so close, it was crazy. Or if you have a significant other, this afternoon, I'd love for you to say, babe, honey, word of choice, yesterday, I, I was so close to cheating on you. See how it goes. I was so close. I didn't do it, but like it was, it was crazy. It was so close. Uh, I want you, parents, I want you to go to a police officer, next police officer you see, you see, and I want you to say, uh, officer, I was so close to beating my kids. I, I mean, you should have said, I, like, fists were raised. It was crazy. Close is not acceptable in any other area of our life. So we should not be content with close in this area. Close doesn't cut it in any other area of our life. And so why are we content in the things that we watch? Why are we content? And I am preaching to myself here. Do not hear condemnation, but why are we so content with some of the things that we watch? And, and I don't want this to be sarcastic, like this is not sarcastic, but I want you to imagine, because sometimes I do this, I want you to imagine uh, you, you're in heaven, like you're coming before Jesus, and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. But man, you took holiness too seriously. And uh, I'm being serious. I you can tell by my face. Like, I, I don't want to be sarcastic, but sometimes I just think, I wonder if it's possible that I'll get there. And he says, gosh, you just went too hard. Like, you just you cared too much about the words that I said. And it's, it seems laughable to me. And, uh, and so in that same vein, not that there is, I mean, please hear me, there is no condemnation. 
but wow, I just don't think we'll get there. And he says, you should have watched more of that television. You should have watched that show. It only had a couple of those scenes. I just doubt we get there and hold me to it up there if I'm wrong. But I doubt we get there and he says, you, you were a little bit too hardcore in following me. So what now? Uh, and I want to end like just with some practical things. What should we do? Um, I really, I hope there's some conviction, but I don't want to leave here condemned. So let's carry the conviction. Don't leave with condemnation. But what should we do now? First of all, there are so many resources out there. Ironically, the first one I'm going to tell you about is on Netflix. (laughs) It's called The Social Dilemma. It's a great uh, documentary on what happens in social media. Uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. We love John Mark Comer here in that church. That's a great book. Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport is amazing. If you are a parent... You've got to read TechWise, The TechWise Family by Andy Crouch. So, so good. But at the end of all of this, I would love for you to sit down with the Lord, with a couple friends, and make a rule. Um, and not like a legalist rule, but like there's uh, monks back in the day, they would uh, make a rule of life, and they basically put up boundaries in their life to promote heart change. So make some kind of rule for you or your family around your tech. So make a rule around your tech. Like, I will only watch this much of that. I'll put my phone to bed at this time. Uh, of a friend, good friend, Caitlin, who will only watch television after she's read a book that week. She's intense, so tailor it for you. But she reads a lot because she only watches TV after she's read a book that week. I know Mandy uh, here puts her phone on Do Not Disturb for the whole night and gets no like notifications throughout the whole night. Make a rule around your tech. Make a rule around your online presence. For me, my rule is I don't argue online. That's mine. You can take it, but you need to make one for you. Maybe it's I don't follow influencers because I'm always trying to like buy stuff from them, or I don't follow uh, brands because they promote shopping. I know that uh, Alexa's husband, Jordan, has a dumb phone. No offense. He got a dumb phone <laughs> instead of having a smartphone, which means he has no Google Maps. That's like definitely not wrong. But it was worth getting rid of Google Maps if you can get rid of all the other stuff. Uh, Stephanie in our church has gotten rid of all social media for this whole year. Make a rule around your tech. Make a rule around your online presence. And make a rule around what you look at. Maybe you will just watch no rated R movies. And that's a little intense. Maybe you'll watch no rated R movies if, they have, if they're rated R for blank. Maybe you'll have no unfiltered internet. Maybe if you're idolizing like marriage or dating, you'll not watch any romance movies. You've got to determine what's right and what's wrong for you. If you're anxious, maybe you should stop following CNN and not watch Fox anymore. All of these things would be good rules around what we're taking in with our eyes. Because the big thing today, and if the band wants to come up, actually the band should come up because I'm not going to sing. The big thing today is as Christians, we're called to be a different culture. We are not called to be Cincinnatians with a little bit of Holy Spirit sprinkled on top. We are actually called to be different. And it's so easy to compromise. It's so easy to compromise. But we want to be people that are laser focused on the presence of God. We want to be people that are laser focused on experiencing the goodness of God. And in order to do that, there are probably certain things that we need to do around our technology. Because we can only effectively love one of the worlds. We can only truly effectively love one of the worlds. And we start to become that which we give our attention to. And so the obvious thing is how can we give more and more and more of our attention 
to Jesus. And uh, if you want to talk about this, as always, the Lord's table is available. Um, I know that uh, Tyler and I would love to pray with you. Um, I know Mandy would love to pray uh, if you want to talk to either a guy or a girl. I mean, we want to have that available. But I want to end with this. Um, Paul in Romans, he uh, is urging life change, and he says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will.